Mmm, that's good. That's the sound of a new episode of Digital Coffee. Thank you for tuning back in. And as always, I'm your host, Brett Deister. We got some interesting things going on in the tech news. First of all, Donald Trump. Yes, President-elect Donald Trump. Yes, the one that everybody and their mother that didn't vote for that him, them, him. He's not. He's just one person. Uh, but voted, didn't vote for him because uh, said basically just don't like him but anyways he has tried to court apple into making products in the u.s that's right he wants apple to make your iphones in the u.s and make them more expensive because well it's going to be more expensive because of well cost you're like oh no it should be the same actually no not really because of how labor cost is different from the United States than China. China, you can relatively have cheaper labor and that keeps costs down. But in here we have things like minimum wage and really high minimum wage as well. So you also have that to deal with too. So, well, it's just one of those things where you can't really, it's, I don't think Tim Cook's actually gonna, really gonna do it. I don't think, he's actually going to do this, but it's interesting that, well, at least Trump is trying to do what his plans are. Not all of his plans are, ironically enough, but at least one of them trying to bring back the, you know, the, uh, the jobs. Bring back the manufacturing jobs to save America and make it great again. If you believe that or not, I've always been on the fence with both candidates, so you can't call me a Trump supporter because I didn't actually vote for him. I didn't vote for Hillary either, so... I'm in the middle, as always. <laughs> I can make fun of both sides. Anyways, yes, it looks like it's gonna be interesting. I don't think it's gonna happen, like I said before, because of costs and costs that they actually know about, especially for labor costs, because in China they can make, the labor costs about $5 per unit to make uh, an iPhone, which makes it around $224.80. Uh, in China, and that's not going to be the same because in well, here it's going to be a lot more expensive. So you got that, and so I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to have to figure something out with it, but it should be interesting to see what's going to go on about that. All right, moving on to Snap Inc. Yes, Snapchat Spectacles. Well, it looks like it has an interesting new uh, augmented reality or AR feature. That's right, when you uh, basically put your spectacles over uh, the spectacles on um, well, the case, it will give you a new uh, spectacle filter, which will show you little bubbles of different types of snaps. And that's cool, I guess. It's it's just a new feature that you can't get unless you have the spectacles, but the spectacles were so limited in where you could actually get it. Um, not a lot of people have it, but it's interesting to see what else they're cooking up with Snapchat, uh, because Snapchat's one of the most popular social networks out there right now. Uh, I mean, everybody's trying to copy them, or just Facebook, I should say, is trying to copy them. So, like I said before, it should be interesting to see what goes on with that, and if it's actually going to be um, any good or not. Could be good, could be bad. Uh, I kind of use it, kind of not. I haven't really seen a really good reason to use it for digital coffee yet. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I won't find a good reason for it. Just right now, it just doesn't seem like it. However, I do have a personal account that I kind of don't use either. Uh, but that's beside the point because I'm doing like 50 other things at the same time. Uh, but this is interesting to see what 
things to come and what might come as well. Uh, and so that's the most interesting part about this. Beyond that, it's just another one of the Snapchat filters uh, that they made popular that everybody has been basically copying, uh, including this face swapping, which was interesting in the first part, and then everybody else jumped on the bandwagon because Snapchat knows what it's doing. It actually does. All right, so the CEO of Microsoft says, we're not giving up on Windows or Microsoft phones, Windows phones, same thing. Quite yet, just yet. What they're going to do is they're going to be blazing their own path. That means they're probably going to be focusing more on high quality, more uh, productivity, more business side phones than just doing what Google and uh, Apple has been doing is branching out to everybody. They're going to probably be focusing on that. Plus, uh, people are speculating, and I tend to agree, they're probably going to bring bringing out a Surface phone. It's going to be a very high quality Hopefully something great, uh, because to be honest with you, they're not doing well in the mobile area at all. I mean, I joke about it all the time when I go, oh, look, Windows phones for all five of you that are using them. I know not only five people are using it, but it is kind of funny because it's not that popular. I'm not saying it's not a great uh, operating system. I think what they brought out uh, for interesting live tiles was a really great idea, and I I've always said that it's a really great idea. I like the idea. I like how it's different from everything else. They're not trying to copy Android or iOS. Uh, so that's another thing. Also, it's expected that Windows Phone's gonna have an x86 emulation so it can run l legacy Windows apps, which is always a great thing as well. Uh, but yeah, it's good to see that Microsoft isn't completely giving up on the mobile uh, the mobile industry quite yet. It's going to try to make its big push back into it probably in the next few months, maybe later. I'm not really sure because they haven't really announced too much in that area right now because they're letting their other partners right now do it like HP's uh, Elix X3, which is more enterprise focused and that type of thing. But like I said before, this could be a really great opportunity for them to you know drive into the more of the business sector that BlackBerry couldn't really figure out that they probably should have focused on. Yes, BlackBerry should have focused on the business side, not on the consumer side, because they should have seen the, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. But sometimes business people like the consumer phones too, so you have that problem. All right, there's a study which I'm going to put in air quotes that you can't say study um, that basically says that iPhone users are superficial than Android users. Now, they did this study for over a year and only really got 530 people. So that's one problem. Like, you've done a year. I would have at least expected you to do 1,000, maybe 10,000. I was hoping 100,000 respondents would probably have been a lot better to figure out if this study is true. Now, it's done by the University of Lancaster in the UK, and it suggests that iPhone users are more dishonest than Android users. Now, I don't know if this is true or not. I do know that the iPhone at least from a perspective is a very um, status class symbol or status object symbol. Kind of like old school way of Mercedes-Benz or BMW being a status symbol of, look, I've made it. Well, this is kind of like uh, the new age of it of, I have an iPhone, I made it. But to me, that's not really true anymore because you have a lot of other great Android phones that are very high quality as well. However, what these, what the researchers, and I'm saying it's a, I would say take it with a grain of salt. It's just interesting from a perspective of 
doing such a low sample margin. And I'm saying low because it took a year and they only did 530 people. That's extremely low. I would I would have at least expected 100,000 people. That would have been a, probably a better base of it. Maybe they couldn't find those respondents, but let's, let's dig into it a little bit. So what they found is that in comparison to Android users, we found that iPhone users are more likely to be female, younger, and increasingly concerned about their smartphone being viewed as a status object. Key differences in personalities observed with iPhone users displaying lower levels of honesty, humility, and higher levels of emotionality. So I could say um, all those people writing that, you know, election, could have iPhones. Ha 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 That was a bad joke. Um, but I, like I said, I'm not quite... It's really hard for me to take a study's really... Um, seriously when it's only 530 people. That's my problem with this study. It's it's, it's really low uh, sample size and I really wish it would have had a lot, lot more of it. That's the other problem. Um, but this is what they found um, which is kind of interesting. It also said that iPhone users tended to be younger, more extroverted, more likely to regard their phone as a status uh, ob object. Now the problem is, is that people won't really understand Android very much either because they think, oh, I have a Samsung. I'm like, you have an Android phone. Oh, it is? I'm like, yes. Uh, then I had to explain kind of like Windows where other companies make the computer and they get the Windows program into it. That's how Android is as well, um, except that you can actually customize Android a little bit more than you could Windows. So it's more like that. So that people don't understand that like LG, HTC, Samsung, Motorola, all are using Android and they're kind of using their own little flavor of it. Uh, so that's what they don't understand. So there actually is probably a lot of Android users or at least a portion of them that regard their phones as status objects as well. Probably not as much as iPhone users because they tend to have a little bit more cult-like attributes. I'm saying that, dude, Apple has a very cult-like following. So that's another thing to look into as well. Now, this, these are all my, um, I guess you say bias assessments because I'm assessing this on what I've seen in the past and what how Apple has um, basically been communicating about itself throughout the years. Not saying that iPhones aren't terrible or good. I have an iPad. I don't mind it. I do prefer Android over iPad. It's only because of my preference and there's a slew of reasons for that as well. But I'm not saying iOS is terrible, but... It's interesting to see that maybe there is some causality between this, but I'm not saying that this is actually going... Like I said, it's such a small sample size that I don't take this as, oh, it's true, because it's small. Like What I want you guys to understand is that when you're looking at this type of studies from outlets and medias and all these other places, um, look at the actual data. If the data is really small or the data or the questions are really bad, that means it's a bad study. Uh, not all studies are the same and some studies are good, some studies are bad, and usually if you want to make sure that a study is actually valid or good, you have to see it rep being replicated and done multiple times for a study to actually be like, oh yeah, this is actually good. But like I said, it's interesting to see like kind of a perspectiveness of what iPhone is. Maybe more a sentiment of what people think 
the iPhone means to them. It's probably a better way of looking at this. I'm not saying that this is actually true. Like I said, small sample size is never a good indicator. But moving on to the Google Pixel phone. Yes, I have the Pixel phone. It's a great phone. Uh, I have not tested the camera out too much because I've been a little busy with other things. You know, reworking my website to actually have WooCommerce and all that fun stuff. Uh, but what I do know is that there are some key features that I would love to have. One is rise to wake. Now, what it means is you double tap it or tap it, and it rises, you know, will, like, go on. Uh, it doesn't have that, which I'm kind of disappointed in, um, but that's only one one of them. Uh, but uh, beyond that, it's it's still re it's really fast. It's really good. It's really good. I I have no complaints about it so far. Well, I have some a little complaints. I run into some slowness, but I have a lot of apps on my phone. I, I do that. That's that's why you guys can know about this stuff because I test them out first. Yes, but yes, they're making some do double taps. So you when um, a notification comes up, you double tap it. Goes up and the rise to wake feature, so you can rise it up and be like, "Oh, it's awake! My phone's awake! It knows! It knows!" Uh, but yeah, those are new features. Now they're coming out in Canada right now. And they're coming to the U.S. later. Don't really know why it's coming out later, but it is. So uh, us U.S. people have to wait. Ironically enough, I'm very confused about that. Anyways, moving on to the Google Sites. Yes, it's gone redesigned. It's completely redesigned. Uh, so if you have guys have been wanting to create or build or make your own website I would say go to Google sites it's a super easy way of doing it drag and drop uh, better you probably like it better than we believe you've had uh, mixed reviews on that or Wix if you have mixed reviews on that it's a super simple site to do uh, you can edit anything from the G Suite things as well like I said extremely easy to use drag and drop it goes really well with uh, Google Drive, so you can upload any type of thing from Google Drive and put it onto your website. Um, going to be a lot easier than uh, if you're going to do, well, let's say uh, WordPress. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do WordPress because I think WordPress is a really great thing to actually uh, learn how to do. Um, but if you really want to make a super, really nice, simple, easy drag and drop site, Google Sites is for you. Uh, and I I'll put it, I'll post a link if you need to find it uh, on the show notes, and then you guys can discover if you really want to do it or not. But yes, you can do it. You can be the admin. You can put maps, put pictures, put any type of thing you want, as long as it was in the options, obviously. Like I said, now it's going to be a little limiting because it is a drag and drop type of style, and so that means you're not going to have as many um, options as if you were actually to hard code it in. So there's that as well. But like I said, if you're looking to you know figure out web design, I say Google Sites is probably the best way of doing it for you, and I highly recommend that you figure it out through there. Then you can move on to other things. Yeah, it's fun. All right, do you not like Medium or any of the other blogging sites? Well, Telegraph from Telegram. I don't know why graph. I kind of like elongated that. Well, Telegram, which is a messaging site, has created Telegraph which is a basically an anonymous way of publishing blog posts. That's right, you just go to their site and it goes title, you just start writing it. You just put a title, start writing, and that's a great way. So if you have one of those, you know, unpopular views that you are very uh, worried that you could be fired for, this might be the better one for you to actually use. Or if you just want to test out your voice, which is another great uh, strategy. Test, test out your voice, test out how you're going to write, 
this could be another great site for you. Uh, like I said before, this is a way for you to figure it out. If you really just want to be anonymous and just have your words be your words, this is a site that you can actually look for. If you don't, that, that's fine. You got Medium, you got Tumblr, you got WordPress, you have um, Blogger. I don't, do many people use Blogger anymore? I know it's not as popular as the other ones, but you have those options. But yeah, if you want to check it out, put it in the show notes. Looks very interesting. Uh, I mean, I booted up and it was just like, hey, title, your name, your story, and that's it. So you can put uh, humongous, eh, you know, the, 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 the video that went viral because the, the girl went a little crazy because he called himself humongous. Anyways, um, you can do that if you want to, yeah. Uh, I, I, like I said, I recommend it if you are trying to figure out your writing style and or you have if you have a um, a pen that may not go over well and you want to make sure that you aren't found out, hopefully. This might be another great one for you. You never know. Alright, there's another study out there that says, well, um, about 80% of students can't tell the difference between an ad and a new news story. That's right. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a caveat on there. The reason why a lot of them probably can't figure it out is because a lot of ads are becoming news stories themselves, like sponsored posts or sponsored content. A lot of times are just that. They look exactly like a news report, and you really can't tell the difference. It's not that they're dumb, or maybe some of them are. I don't really know. The researcher did, did a better respondence. I got 7,804 respondents instead of, well, 530 from 12 U.S. states. So it's not bad. It's not a lot still. I always want higher respondents, responses, but always every time so low that I'm like, I don't know if this is actually true or not. And I didn't look at the actually what questions they asked uh, because a lot of times these, these studies all boil down to are, the, are they good questions? If they're not good questions, it could be really skewed study. But it said that uh, overall, young people's ability to reason about their information on the internet can be summed up in one word, bleak. Our digital natives may be able to fit between Facebook and Twitter while simultaneously uploading a selfie into Instagram and texting a friend. But when it comes to evaluating information that flows through social media channels, they are easily duped. Now, once again, uh, you can kind of figure out if you read the whole thing. Now, I don't know if these respondents will actually read the whole article. That's another problem. If you read about half of it and you go, I don't know, whatever, uh, then you may not know. But however, the other problem is, is that, and I'll say this again, as a marketer, you really cannot, it's hard to tell the difference between sponsored content and not, especially if it's not marked, because they can be extremely similar and give really great information, maybe a little biased, but you never really know. Plus, with the problems we've had with the media being extremely biased in general, and about, I've read anything between 70 to 94% of Americans not uh, trusting the media, it's really hard to figure out, and I'm probably part of that, even though I'm not trying to mislead you, uh, it's really hard to figure out uh, which one's true and which one's not, because you never really know if, well, people are just misleading you in general, so you can vote for a candidate, or you can say this person's uh, xenophobe, racist, whatever the buzzwords are right now, uh, you don't really know anymore because we all have a biased tint because that supposedly is what gets people to, you know, click and read your stuff. I know. That's why it's bleak, everybody. That's why it's bleak. All right. 
Now, Instagram. Yes, Instagram decided to uh, update its uh, messaging and live video. That's right. It's going to have live video soon. Woo! Another live video place. Uh, well, it's going to be easy to actually do it. So basically what happens is when you kind of open your story, there will be three tabs. It'll be normal, boomerang, and then to the left will be... Uh, live and then you can live it now it's gonna be disappearing live video so you're not gonna be able to see it forever which could put a different caveat to it so it's like disappearing live video me messaging instead of what Facebook and Periscope does where it's just basically now always there it used to not be but now Instagram's taking that and actually doing what it what uh, Periscope used to be where it was live video for a little while then it went away but now it's actually doing it so yeah now you have that and you can start live video and you know Show your friends. Also, it's going to have Instagram direct uh, disappearing messages as well. Um, so you can have disappearing photo and video in Instagram direct. So you can message people and be like, hey, it's going to be leaving soon, let us. Uh, doing that type of thing or anything else that you can think of. But yes, those are the new options. So uh, I have not seen it yet. Now, they did a slight redesign of the app. Uh, the bottom bar is a little bit different and the top the top. Uh, buttons are a little bit different as well. The, the basically the, the camera moved to the top left, uh, so there are a little bit differences in it. But I have not seen live being pushed out for me quite yet, and hopefully it'll be pushed out a little bit more eventually someday, someday soon. All right. Well, it looks like Amazon is. Um, Deleting incentivized reviews. That's right. Amazon has taken a stance to now it's doing away with incentivized reviews. Not just new ones, but old ones as well. So everybody's going to get that hit and it's going to be driving um, reviews down a little bit lower because what they found is that when companies gave out products or gave discount products, almost always it was always positive reviews uh, because you had that positive like, oh, I got something for free. Look it, that's so good. Uh, and so that's kind of like a goodwill nature of it. Uh, so Amazon's like, nope, can't do that anymore. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Can't do that no more. Because what they found is that they found better reviews on the ones that actually did incentivize uh, reviews, the ones that didn't, and that was a problem for them because then people aren't trusting their own reviews on Amazon, and Amazon uh, needs them to just keep on trusting those reviews. Now, I'm on split mind of this. One is I do like this, and it's great because we'll have more authentic reviews my other side of me is more the marketing side of it. It's going, no, it's so hard to get reviews that this is going to get even harder. Why would you do this? Uh, so that's another, it's, it's a big problem. Uh, let's be honest, it's a big problem. Uh, it's a big problem for marketers because they want people to actually give reviews, but usually all you get if you don't really incentivize it is always bad reviews because no one that likes your product is going to actually review your product because they either don't have time, don't want to, etc. So that's how you do it to actually get reviews. And so there's a catch-22 here is that, yeah, Amazon doesn't want uh, those types of reviews, but companies need those types of reviews to actually get people to buy it. So like I said, I don't know if Amazon's going to do anything with it to actually help incentivize reviews or give an okay for some reviews to be incentivized or like have a quota of like this is how many percentage of incentivized reviews you can have, but it looks like it's going to be a no all around, just all around. It's going to be a no, so you cannot do it anymore. So this is a different, interesting turn of events. Uh, should be interesting to see what companies are going to be doing to counteract this. Yes, 
because it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult. All right. Well, this is kind of a funny thing. So uh, Twitter apparently suspended its own CEO's account. That's right. Jack Dorsey was suspended today because it's Twitter and they like to suspend people for reasons. Uh, now I find this hilarious because I've not been I've been not in full support of what Twitter's been doing with the straight-up banning because you don't agree with them. I've said it before and i say it again. Just because you don't like an idea doesn't mean you need to ban it. I get it. People are like, oh, no, it looks like it's a racist thing or it looks like it's a xenophobe thing and all these buzzwords. And it's usually the other person that's complaining the most is usually the one that's causing the problems, usually. Uh, but I think it's freaking hilarious that uh, Twitter's suspended its own CEO saying he was saying it was a mistake I'm like yeah sure it was a mistake I'm pretty sure you were doing something against their, your own terms and services uh, but yes it, he's back up by the way uh, but it's just funny that he got suspended and he had to do a new account uh, but yeah so Jack Dorsey now you know how it feels like to be suspended by your own company without any reasons why yeah, maybe, maybe that will help you. I know your trust and safety council's there to, you know, overlord everybody else. Uh, but I've been saying this before, I'll say it again. Free speech is what made you popular, Twitter. It wasn't anything else. It was because you allowed people to share their ideas without the fear of it being silenced. And now you're doing the opposite of what you were. And so I don't understand why you're doing that all of a sudden because... You're trying to appease people. Appeasing people is only going to get worse because people don't want more. Eventually, you're going to have to be like, I can't do it anymore. We're losing people. They're, they're gone. They're going. I get that there are sometimes legitimate reasons why people should be banned from your um, site. I'm not saying that uh, like businesses cannot or don't need to have First Amendment uh, speeches and uh, speech laws in place. Like I said before, the reason why Twitter got so popular was because they allowed this to happen. It's because they allowed people to share their opinion without all of a sudden being banned for reasons. Uh, and so that's my biggest thing is that Twitter needs to understand you got popular because of that. Now you're going against it because you're the cool kid now? I mean, seriously, I don't really understand why you, why you would do that. But it's still... It's still funny. <laughs> they bad their own CEO. Oh, the tech fails of 2016. This is one of them. All right. Are you looking for a mug that will keep your drink or your coffee at a steady temperature for hours? I know. Every time I have a drink, unless you get an insulated uh, cup, which aren't cheap either, but they're actually cheaper than this one, you'll never have that, you know room temperature cup of coffee it'll just go cold and you're just like oh cold coffee but i need my caffeine well ember is the mug for you now it's not cheap it's about 150 bucks for this thing and it's still in starbucks so you can always keep that terrible coffee <laughs> in a good temperature all the time and if you're going with terrible coffee yes starbucks has the worst well, not one worst it doesn't have good coffee let's just say that i've had way better coffee than what starbucks offers and y'all should be ashamed of yourself if you actually think Starbucks is actually good coffee. And I'll say this, if you get one of those lattes with the, with the you know, flavoring, like vanilla latte or anything like that, they put a, a ton of sugar in that to mask their own um, espresso. It's not good. But this mug looks very good, especially because it's going to keep a uh, steady temp for hours. 
that's something I can get a board on board on. Yay, but uh, for 150 bucks, I'll go with the clean canteen instead. I mean, it's a lot cheaper. It's maybe like 40 bucks. Um, but like I said, now you have to charge it. So there's that. It's not always going to be charged for you. Uh, but yeah, if you really, really need your uh, cup of coffee to always be, you know, at a good temperature, this is the one for you. Uh, to be honest with you, I think it's a cool idea, but I think it's really expensive for an idea like that as well. All oh, the price you pay for tech. All right, and now there's things for you to try out this week. So Kick has updated with 11, it's version 11 actually. And it's gonna have, well, it's gonna have GIFs now, and you can search GIFs through emojis. It's gonna have a lot more bot integration. It just looks a lot nicer and cleaner than it did before. So I like where Kick is going with this. I tried it out for a little bit. It's actually pretty good, it's pretty nice. Um, it looks more like a modern um, chat instead of what it used to look like. I never really liked its uh, interface before, but now I actually like it a lot more. So yeah, check it out. Also, Telegram, uh, Telegraph, sorry, Telegraph. Uh, I put that in the show notes for you to try out if you, and I, and I do encourage you, if you are trying to find your blogging voice, do it this way. You don't have, you don't have to put your name on it. You can figure it out way going along the way. All right, are you trying to, you know, have a beautiful travel journal? Well, I'm probably going to butcher this, but Explorio 2.0 will allow you to do that. That's right. You can uh, share your last trip with uh, Facebook, Twitter, TripIt, Foursquare, and Instagram. Uh, looks like a very nice, easy way of doing it and a nice, easy way of sharing where you've been and sharing it with others. Um, but yeah, automatic trip tracking is another great thing. Now, it's only for iOS. And there's a web sign up as well, but that's about it. So if you're looking for Android, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. It sucks sometimes. All right, you're looking for the best deal out there? Well, Frenzy, powered by Shopify, will allow you to see, um, you know, those flash deals that you really want to see and that you can't see because you don't know where they are. But yes, you can now do that and sell flash sales on Frenzy for brands that you know, maybe, maybe you like, or maybe you're trying to do like me and start up your own, you know, loyal customers this way. But yeah, check it out if you want to, see if you actually like it or not, but it's called Frenzy. All right, guys, and that is the end of Digital Coffee. I know I'm just just all about out. I just, I see the bottom, I see the little the little bit of, um, of uh, coffee grounds in the bottom. It, it does happen. But yes, it is, it, we are at the end of this episode for today, and... As always, be sure to subscribe to Digital Coffee on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Acast, and Auto Radio as well. Be sure to, you know, subscribe and give me a review if you do so. It would be helpful if you did. Uh, also, be sure to follow Digital Coffee on Twitter, DigitalCO77EE. Also, Periscope, DigitalCO77EE. Facebook Digital Coffee Podcast, YouTube Digital Coffee Podcast, Instagram Digital Coffee Podcast, uh, player.me at Digital Coffee. I'm also at Anchor at Digital Coffee as well. For I try to do my best to do as many of those little short audio blogging as well. Also, be sure to subscribe, or not subscribe, but support Digital Coffee on Patreon and Podbean. I really greatly appreciate that. Also, I have been... Um, redesign the website a little bit not too much it's not a huge redesign but I have a store up there so be sure to check out all the great coffee mugs and t-shirts that I have on there really great appreciate if you you know bought one and shared it shared your love for digital coffee all right guys join me 
on Friday where I go through Gaming and Gamers Cafe. That's right. It's going to be fun. All right, guys. Have a good day and a good Thanksgiving. I'll see you on Black Friday. What? Later, guys.